Today's edition of the Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Bin Breeze. If you have fruit flies in your kitchen, you're doing it wrong. Visit binbreeze.ca for more details. Introducing the Capital Daily's Weekly Photo Challenge. Each week, our team will post a weekly photo theme in Monday's Capital Daily newsletter, as well as announcing it right here on the podcast, with winners receiving gift cards to local Victoria businesses around town. This week's theme is Halloween, where we are asking for photos of your best decor, costumes or spooky places around the island. To enter, simply email us your photo or post it directly to your own social media account. For more details, check out Monday's Capital Daily Newsletter. Hi, I'm Ben Waterworth and welcome to the Capital Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 29th, 2020. Today on the podcast... The intensity here is a bit higher than most guys like our age back home. So these guys are a bit stronger and faster than the average player back home. That's the only difference that I can see right now. We chat with Norwegian basketball superstar and new Vic Vikes recruit Christopher Hegeland about coming to Canada in the midst of a pandemic to play basketball and comparing basketball cultures in Canada and Norway. For many people in 2020, coming to Canada has been impossible with tight border and travel restrictions in place due to the coronavirus pandemic. For Norwegian basketballer Christopher Hegeland, it was a challenge he was lucky to be able to overcome when he was scouted by the University of Victoria Vikes basketball team. Having a Canadian mother, he has dual citizenship with Canada, which enabled him to come to Victoria to join the Vikes squad. Hegeland has played in several prominent European professional basketball leagues, as well as representing his native Norway in both the Nordic and European championships at both under-16 and under-18 levels. Vikes basketball coach Craig Bocamp said of Hegeland that he was a big recruit for them, describing him as fast, someone that steps up in key situations and plays with a lot of energy, which was exactly something they were looking for in a player. And to talk about his experiences in getting over to Victoria to join the Vikes, as well as just what has brought him over here, it's a pleasure to welcome Christopher Hegeland to the Capital Daily Podcast. Christopher, thanks very much for your time today. Hello, good morning. Thank you for having me. You've had quite the journey in order to even be here to play for the Vikes, uh, Christopher. I can imagine that 2020 wasn't meant to go quite like this uh, as you entered the next chapter of your basketball career. Have you, have you had fun this year? Is that the right word to use? Yes, lots of fun. I uh, don't regret it at all coming here because uh, I understand that this is a problem for everybody as well, so I can't be the... You can't be selfish and say, oh, I wish I could be able to play and everything because it's like this for everybody. What what led you into deciding to take your basketball across here to Canada? Had this always been a plan to come over here and play? Yeah, it's always been my goal and dream to come out here and play either in Canada or in the U.S. And uh, when I got the opportunity from Craig Bocamp and me having a Canadian passport just made it easier for me uh, getting over here. It was pretty much my going ticket to be able to play across the sea, yeah. Had you been to Canada before, given your mother originally, of course, is from Canada, or is this your first time that you have come here? No, I've been to Canada before. I have family in Toronto, but it's my first time here on the West Coast. And was there anything in particular that drew you to the West Coast? You mentioned, obviously, Chris there. Was there just some good conversations, showed you what the program was like at the Vikes that drew you here, or had you sort of been tempted to come out West before? Uh, No, it was just my conversation with Craig, and it just sounded like a great opportunity, and that's why I chose the Vikes.
Now, of course, you have dual citizenship. That helped, of course, getting you here into Canada during the midst of this pandemic. How was it trying to get over here? Was it a, a simple case because you had the dual citizenship, you were able to get here quite easily? Or were there still some hurdles that you had to overcome for you to get over here? Yeah, it was pretty easy because uh, because of my uh, Canadian citizenship and I filled out a lot of forms. And when I got to the board, I was expecting a lot of questions and interrogations and all that and then it was pretty smooth just one question and they said welcome back and i was okay thank you great <laughs> and there you are yeah, was, in the country it was easy yeah yeah fantastic and of course 14 day mandatory isolation when you arrive uh christopher how, how do you pass that time i know a lot of people have different ways of doing it did you load up netflix did you play some yeah. nba 2k i mean kind of what was the plan over those two weeks what did you do Oh, so luckily the NBA season just started when I had quarantine. Right. So my whole day was probably like three, four games in a row <laughs> in the background, but then eventually it kind of got kind of got a bit boring. So <laughs> I would face I would FaceTime friends from back home, but that would be up to like around three o'clock because of the time difference. Mm-hmm. So three in the afternoon, and so from I would say from three to. Three to ten was kind of my alone time. I would do my own workouts, just kind of get some food. I don't know, watch Netflix, of course. <laughs> just try to pass that pass by time, pretty much. Any any particular favorites on on Netflix? Did you have some that you wanted to catch up on, or that you discovered during that time? Uh, I discovered a few like American football series, like documentary okay. series. Nice. Which I find pretty interesting and motivating as well. Great, great. And I, su- I suppose yeah. that kind of, you know, suits the, the region that you're in a little bit more to kind of uh, yeah. learn a little bit more. I'm still trying to do that myself, Christopher, trying to, you know, even learn the sport. So it, it does help when you come into a new culture, watching things yeah. like that to help you assimilate a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Now, obviously, the, the unique circumstances still that we're in, I can imagine since you've you've been here, how has that affected your, I guess, your opportunities and times with the Vikes? I mean, during quarantine, I can imagine you were chatting with Craig and others uh, of the team, but since your quarantine in the subsequent months, how has that prevented you from, I guess, doing what you regularly could have been able to do with the Vikes? So the first weeks was uh, pretty restricted because of we were still in phase two, I believe, which meant that we were not allowed to have full body contact. We weren't able, uh, we weren't able to share um, equipment together. So everybody would get our own ball, our own hoop, and then we would do skills for an hour. So that was like three times a week, I must say. And then eventually when we entered phase three, that's when we were able to kind of be a team together now and we could finally practice together, do drills together, pass the ball to each other. And now it's been very competitive. Now we're going full on five on five. Um, Yeah. So it's a good time, but still we have a few restrictions like entering the gym with our masks on hand sanitizing before practice and after practice. I can imagine during those initial phases when you're saying you sort of get your own hoop, you're doing your own drills, it's very challenging for the coaching staff to be able to, I guess, go around and, and have that time with, with each of the players. I mean, for yourself, though, you've just come out of 14-day quarantine. As you said, you're kind of you're having to watch a lot of things, you're doing your own training. But were you the only one really relishing the fact that, hey, at least I'm out of the house now, at least I can shoot some hoops and do what I'm yeah. here to do? 
yeah it was it felt like freedom it was <laughs> it was nice to get out and finally move and just be able to leave my room you know like so it was it was pretty good it felt good to get back and shoot some hoops with some new guys and just kind of get to know the people and yeah it was it was felt like freedom how have you found meeting your your teammates was it a instant connection kind of working along there when now that you're into sort of those more physical drills have you found it an easy sort of connection working with the guys yeah it's been much better now in when i had quarantine we were facetiming i was facetiming facetiming two new teammates every day so it kind of made the transition a bit easier to getting to know them a bit better when once i met them in person but now after uh what a month and a half in uh yeah these guys are great they've accepted me with open arms and we're able to fool around have fun together so um, i'm very thankful for that and coaching staff as well you mentioned with craig of course uh talking beforehand helping you come over here what's it been like getting to work with him now that you have sort of got that opportunity to actually do so after all those conversations yeah it's been great i uh just understanding his his philosophy of basketball as well it's a bit different from what i'm used to back home but i'm always open to learn new uh, strategies, new ways of playing X's and O's. So it's been awesome. A great experience with Coach uh, Bokan. What what are some of those differences from playing basketball in Norway to playing here? Is it just a a style? Is it a a different method of playing? I mean, kind of what are the key differences between Norway and Canadian basketball? Um, There are a lot of similarities. We play the same kind of basketball, so it's called FIBA, FIBA rules. But I would say that the intensity here is a bit higher than... Uh, most guys like our age back home. So these guys are a bit stronger and faster than the average uh, player back home. So uh, that's the only difference that I can see right now. But like I, like we don't have games yet, so it's a bit tough to kind of know the whole um, package of Canadian basketball. And is that what drew you when you were mentioning before about how you'd always kind of had that plan to come over to either Canada or the States? Was that that intensity, kind of that, that extra level that had sort of drawn you over to this part of the world to further your basketball career? Yeah, for sure. That's uh, one of the main like main points. And also just being able to play basketball and study at the same time has also been a very... Uh, appealing for me as well what what are you studying christopher what's kind of the studies going along with your basketball at the moment so right now i'm a bit undecided but i'm either going to go into something called the recreation and health so you learn about exercise science and just health promotion so how to stay healthy and all that and so it's either that or i might go into business ah right mm. So you could you could combine you could do like business healthy. I don't know. I always try to find when people are you know swaying between two options of how you could yeah. combine the two. I don't know how that would work in that one though potentially. Yeah, I know they have something called sports management, which is not really like exercise, but you kind of learn how like the business side of the sports industry. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. So that could be something interesting. Sports management seems very interesting, you know, out there. Mm. Like you, you, I mean, you could make the NBA, you could manage yourself, you know, you, you cut yourself in on like a sweet 20% deal on your own salary. I think it would kind of benefit you in the long run. There, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also, always, I'm also interested in like 
uh, working out with other people and like making them better. So that could be a another idea as well. You mentioned about not playing games at the moment, of course. Is there mm. a, a time frame are you seeing out there? Do you know? Or are you guys being updated when you might actually hit the court for some games? Uh, no, we have no idea. Now our, our season has been cancelled until January. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of a bummer. But hopefully after January, like beginning of January, we'll start playing games. Maybe that's a possibility. And I can imagine, of course, I mean, you're over here to, to play basketball, essentially, and, and you can't. But as you kind of said in this interview, of course, it's it's not just affecting you, it's affecting everyone there. But that yeah. just adds a, a layer of frustration to the fact that you sort of aren't able to do your job at the moment, really. Yeah, that's true. And But luckily, we're, we're allowed to practice together. And that's the, one of the main reasons why I decided to come out here was because I knew that we could practice together. And also seeing, like, back home that the season has started, it kind of makes me a bit jealous, <laughs> but it also makes me want to, like, push even more. Because I imagine, uh, I, I read, sorry, that you didn't start playing basketball until your, your early teenage years, so this wasn't something that you started playing super young. But, I mean, what was it that actually drew you into picking up the ball, CRISPR, and, and playing the sport? Well, my brother played basketball um, when we lived in Germany, and he was pretty good. And so I would watch his games and all that. And I would just be around him and when he played games and just shoot hoops after his games. And then once we moved to Norway, I was a bit unsure of what I wanted to do. And I decided, why not just try basketball? And uh, I joined the same club as my brother. And and then ever since then, I just enjoyed it. And I mean, it took you to the Norwegian Basketball League, essentially the pro league there, the BLNO, at the age of 16 as well. I mean, what was that experience like getting the call up to play in the pro league there in Norway? You know, that was awesome. Just being a young guy and having a, a men's team like call your name up and ask if they, uh, if they want you to join is just, yeah, it's like a dream come true for any young teenager back home. And I believe there's no minimum age limit in the BLNO. Were you the only 16-year-old? Were there people younger than you playing in the league? No, there were a few 16-year-olds that I played with on the national team together. We have lots of uh, talented young players. But now I think it's more common now that a lot of 16-year-olds, I would say, 16, 17, start playing in the BLNO. And is that daunting then, no doubt, going up against guys who I could imagine would almost be double your age in some points in, in that league? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. And you kind of, they're way smarter than you. So things that you're able to do in your junior team, you won't be able to do in the men's. And it kind of gets frustrating. But you have to learn how to adapt and and just play in a different style and level as well what is the basketball scene like in in norway i mean is basketball a popular sport over there do many people come and watch the blno games uh it's getting more and more popular now i must say and before it was pretty big and then there was something with the uh, tv the tv stopped playing our games and then the the um league kind of lost some money and then but now we have good uh like sports managers leading the basketball community back home. And so it's getting more and more popular now. Is 
their exposure to, say, the NBA. I know a lot in Australia growing up of why I really got into basketball was that exposure to the NBA, being able to see the games, you know, being uh, open to seeing these big megastars that are in the sport like that. Is that a similar thing in, in Norway, exposure to things like the NBA? Uh, not really, because of time difference. A lot of the games are in the middle of the night. So I think the most popular would be the uh, EuroLeague, mm-hmm. which is the European basketball. So um, I think we have more exposure to that than the NBA. Because that, I think, is something that for many people, probably outside of North America and someone like myself in Australia, where we're more connected to the NBA, where I don't think a lot of people realize how big the EuroLeague is, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's, a, that's a huge deal over and you're almost up there with football in some countries. Yeah. EuroLeague is huge in in Europe. It's if you see like in teams in Russia and Turkey, they have huge crowds with fire in the crowds, and hmm. they throw things on the court. It's just a big culture in Europe as well. You mentioned before about how you've you've represented Norway a, a few times. What what does that mean to you when you're able to pull on the the Norway jersey and then play out there for your country on the international stage? Yeah, it's a great feeling. It's a blessing. Just also like hearing the national anthem before games, it just, it just motivates you. You just want to experience it more and more and, and playing with the national team is means a lot. One thing that I noticed in the research for this interview, Christopher, is that Norway has, has never competed at either an Olympics or a World Cup in, in men's basketball. Mm. I mean, is, is this something that you see possible in your lifetime? And if so, would you like to be part of one of those teams at either an Olympics or a World Cup? Yeah, for sure. I know that we have a men's team now uh, competing for the European Championship for the qualifiers for that. And um, yeah, I think it's a possibility, of course, being able to play in the World Champ- in the World Cup and, and the Olympics would be a huge accomplishment for, the, for Norway and the basketball there. Are there many other players like yourself, Christopher, who have made the journey over to North America or kind of going back to what we were talking about, the EuroLeague, do a lot of them stay in Europe and try and make it in the EuroLeague instead? Uh, no, I would say there are a lot of young guys like me who've made it across as well. Um, we have guys playing in, guys and girls also. We have girls playing in Florida. Um, I think, I believe there's one in Canada as well. Great. I'm not too sure where. And there's guys in California, and there's a guy in Texas. We just had a, a great player, Harold Fry, who's uh, played from uh, Montana State, Bobcats, I believe, yeah, Montana. And yeah, so I think we're kind of spread all around the U.S. and. Uh, and we had one in Canada as well last year. Well, just going back to that point about maybe being around to represent Norway at either the Olympics or the World Cup, what about being the first Norwegian to make the NBA? How does that sound? Well, that's uh, that sounds great. I mean, you got to work hard and every day and push yourself but anything's possible if you put the time in indeed well we'll be keeping an eye on it christopher i'm sure with whatever happens uh focusing on your career and we wish you all the best of luck here in victoria with the vikes when you can get out there on the court and eventually play some games but it's uh, been very much a, a pleasure chatting with you on the show today thanks very much for joining me on the capital daily podcast thank you so much for having me and have a good rest of your day 
Coming up, all the day's news plus a fun dose of some extra Norwegian content, next. Bring one of Vancouver Island's most revolutionary inventions to your kitchen, a compost powder. Devised by a UVic team of scientists and entrepreneurs, Bim Breeze uses BC wood waste and rare earth minerals to eliminate odours and fruit flies from kitchen compost bins. Their compost powder is available in lavender, unscented and now holiday. Visit bimbreeze.ca for more details. To the day's news now, and the owners of Logan's Pub have announced its closure, saying live music venues are no longer viable due to BC's ongoing second wave and the possibility of prolonged event restrictions. A letter posted to the bar's official website said owners hung on unopened as long as we could and did not reopen as a musicless pub, citing overhead, safety renovation costs, the 10pm curfew and the inability to set up a sidewalk patio on a busy Cook Street. This is the latest in a steady stream of pandemic-induced local nightlife closures. Last week, downtown restaurant Olo announced its closure after 10 years. The Capital Regional District has received $13 million in federal money for emergency housing. The money is part of the $500 million major city stream of Canada's Rapid Housing Initiative. The recipient metro areas were chosen based on levels of homelessness and of renters in need, and the money can be used for modular housing, converting non-residential buildings, fixing derelict buildings, or buying property. Nevertheless, the federal cash may have only a moderate impact locally. The 65-room Comfort Inn costs the province $18.5 million, and one Pandora lot, believed to be earmarked for affordable housing, costs the city $10 million. And a federal justice has rejected a lawsuit filed against Canada last October by 15 News over climate change in action, saying its framing is too broad to be viable. The suit argues that the plaintiff's various health conditions, including Lyme disease, can be traced back to a federal-level failure to sufficiently limit emissions despite knowing they contribute to climate change. Justice Michael Manson ruled that the network of governmental bodies that the case holds responsible is unspecific to a degree that makes the case both too broad and too political for the court system. And before we go today, fresh off the back of our chat with Christopher in this episode, I wanted to leave you with a bit of Norwegian basketball commentary because why wouldn't you want to end an episode that way? Here is a snippet of the 2017 BLNO final between the Centrum Tigers and Gimle, a final in which Centrum came out on top 87-74. Take a listen. Pass over midstreken. Och så blir Holt. Och vi gratulerar Centrum Tigers med back-to-back guld i Norgesmesterskap. Och de är naturligtvis överlyckliga. Har varit en tuffare väg denna säsongen med mye skador. It is my new life goal to commentate sports in Norwegian one day. Seriously, how awesome does that sound? I'm going to do it. Watch this space. And that's it today for the Capital Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 29th, 2020. Tune in tomorrow as we welcome back to the podcast Brennan Storr, one of the co-hosts of the Ghost Story Guys podcast, to channel things spooky-related in the lead-up to Halloween on Saturday. That's tomorrow on the Capital Daily Podcast. My name is Ben Waterworth, and as they say in Australia, I'll give you a shout and bring you some mates' rates. Thanks for tuning in, and I will speak to you tomorrow. 
Today's edition of the Capital Daily Podcast is brought to you by Bin Breeze. If you have fruit flies in your kitchen, you're doing it wrong. Visit binbreeze.ca for more details. Introducing the Capital Daily's weekly photo challenge. Each week our team will post a weekly photo theme in Monday's Capital Daily newsletter, as well as announcing it right here on the podcast, with winners receiving gift cards to local Victoria businesses around town. This week's theme is Halloween, where we are asking for photos of your best decor, costumes or spooky places around the island. To enter, simply email us your photo or post it directly to your own social media account. For more details, check out Monday's Capital Daily Newsletter.